Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. talking about one of the issues that I've been concerned about for a long time. In 2018, we had the, the, the uh, Farm Act that took the hemp off the uh, schedule so we could actually start using it as it was used back in this country way before it was even a country. And we used to be able to pay our taxes by growing hemp and the actual King George III demanded that we grow hemp on all of the farms here in, in, in uh, the country because he was big on hemp. So much to the fact that after he got cut off after the Revolutionary War, he was fighting with France and, 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 uh, and Russia, that he wanted to kidnap uh, American soldiers to get the hemp he needed. So, and then after about the Civil War, we had, what, 8,500 farms of, of, of hemp, and we had so much hemp product. And then after we, we uh, the American uh, uh, Marijuana Tax Act 1937, they stopped all, all hemp production in the United States, took it out of the feedstock and all that bit. And it's just creeping up back now. But I see the problem we have right now is that we have a fantastic hemp crop here in the United States, but we don't have the infrastructure to use every part of the plant as it had been used in the past. It was used for paper. It was used for cloth. It, it was used for the, the sails for ships. And it was used for the ropes, of course. And now it's just being used as garbage as opposed to the, the, the flour, which actually was not consequential for people in Italy and, in, and France who relied that their entire economy on the industrial use of the plant. Now, yeah. you actually are interested in actually using the bass and the herd to go ahead and make products to make our lives easier. Correct. So I am the executive director of the U.S. Hemp Building Association. We're pushing for the hemp building products across the industry. Um, right now, we're seeing a wide variety of uses. There is the traditional, or I guess the widely known hempcrete or hemp um, hemp lime that's being used for in Europe for over 30 years that we're trying to establish in this country. Uh, I got good news about that, but I'm going to hit the other couple other topics first. Um, we also have bad insulation. We have a, a there's a plant by Hempitecture in Idaho that's opening up that we're going to domestically make bad insulation to replace you know the fiberglass stuff. And we also have like hemp wood, which is being made in Murray, Kentucky, by Hemp Wood, and we see these new products and this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so many more products that can be made and so much more potential. And we as a trade association are trying to overcome the hurdles to help the entire industry be able to move forward. And to get that R&D investment, we really need from the current big businesses that are out there. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the benefits of using hemp as a building material. What, what, what do you see as the main drivers for the reasons for, for using hemp as opposed to wood and concrete. So when we talk about, I'm just going to focus on hempcrete because okay. um, when you talk about, well, when you talk about the other products, mostly it's moving from synthetic products to non-synthetic natural products that don't have chemical off-gassing, which is a major thing. Like my laminate floors in my kitchen right now. Absolutely. So like hemp wood uses a soy-based binder, so you're not going to get any of those VOCs. You're not going to have to deal with like formaldehyde and other things that 
basically what we do now is we build a house, we wrap it in plastic, put a bunch of chemicals on the inside, and then tell people to go live in there. It's like we don't regulate the materials that are going in there. And then we are kind of using people as guinea pigs. And if people are sensitive, they're coming down with diseases and having big major issues. So when we talk about building with this, and more specifically, I'll kind of go into hempcrete, you have a giant carbon negative impact. So 40% of the world's carbon footprint is from the building industry, 11% from the parts that go into the building, and 29% about its operation, mostly through its heating and ventilation. We are dependent on heating and ventilation systems because of the way we construct buildings nowadays. With these materials, you have a carbon negative initial product because you have carbon absorbed as the plant grows that you're trapping within the stone that you're making in the wall. And then you have a good insulator that has a higher performance rating and is making you spend less and use less energy in your heating and ventilation system. So there's huge environmental impact and there's huge health impact because you're avoiding the unhealthy chemicals that we need to put in there now to allow us to leave in these buildings that are unnecessary for this, this technology. And, and environmental ecologists call it the house effect. Essentially that we are using Tyvek to wrap our houses, like you said, which is basically a plasticized paper. And, and of course, <laughs> we used to use using tons of asbestos. Now it's fiberglass to attach to it to get the R35 effect to be able to keep all the heat inside the house. And yet with hempcrete, there's less need for that, correct? Correct. So um, the thermal properties of hempcrete are complex. There's actually three parts to it. One is your um, steady state thermal transmission. So you heat one side, how much is the heat on the other? Another is a mass wall effect because basically it's absorbing heat, trapping it like a battery, and then releasing heat. So when you have your daytime to nighttime heat shifts, you kind of have a balance there. And so you have less need for like a lot of AC during the day and any heating in the night and kind of balance out your system. Then you have a really special effect, which is called the hygroscopic effect, which is water vapor that's within the wall and in the hemp that is evaporating or condensing depending on heat variation. So as things get heat and that stuff evaporates, that, that reaction absorbs energy. So it actually brings the heat down and vice versa. They, some people call that a phase change effect with hempcrete, but all these things add up to a really high-performing material. Now, in Florida, we, we, we do uh, cinder block homes on the, on the first floor, and we go with, uh, with, 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 uh, with uh, fiberglass and, 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 and adobe on the, on the second, uh, depending on the building, of course. Yeah. Now, the, house, the first house that I got into in Florida, they used the, this German drywall that had a lot of black mold involved in it. And, and sulfite gases were just invading our house. And that, that seems to be a repeated thing with new building materials or building materials that we're using is we use something in our buildings until it's proven that it's poisonous enough that it's killing us. Then we stop using that and we use something new in our building that does the same thing and we repeat. So going back to these natural building materials that doesn't have any of that risk really is a sensible way to prevent all these repeated health consequences. Now, shout out to Bob Clayton, my buddy over in Tarpon Springs. He, have you been to his, his hempcrete house? I have not been to his hempcrete house, um, which is really sad, and I need to contact him. Last time I was in, in Tampa area, I tried to reach out and wasn't able to make that connection. This time, my trip is too short for me to make that connection, but mm. Bob Clayton's house in Tarpon Springs is, is an amazing example, and that's like over a decade old. Yeah. You know, so 
that was kind of part of the first wave of real houses you saw in the United States. And now you're really seeing a strong industry forming since the uh, the Hempville 2018, really. I mean, I've been in the house. We were there in July when it was like about 100 degrees outside. He didn't have his air conditioning on, but it was cool in the house. That's what I'm talking about. Isn't that amazing? And, and it was almost acoustically highly sound. It, it, it was quiet in the house. Yes, because you're dealing with a, a wall, like a you know a mass wall. So there's a lot of things in there with air pockets that will absorb sound and lots of energy. So it's it's great for soundproofing. Um, people talk about it for other sorts of energy control as well. Now, uh, you're you're basically working with, with just building materials, right? Right. So are, are you dealing with fabrics as well in regards to the building of houses? Uh, no. We're definitely open to that. We just don't have a lot of products that have entered the market. We as a trade association are welcoming to everybody and everybody that's putting stuff in the industry. And the more products we have to promote, the better, because we need people to start making these decisions and pushing this stuff forward. So if anybody out there has a product like that, please reach out to us. Uh, USHBA.org is our website. You can find contact information there um, because we need to keep moving forward. We need to keep this innovation happening. Um, you know, right now we're focusing on a lot of things with building codes, getting into building codes. Uh, we're working on like carbon, like get, capturing carbon data and moving that forward. So there's a lot of potential and definitely welcome any fabrics, any, any hemp plastics, any of these things. There's been a huge lag in regards to the building of infrastructure, in regards to utilizing all of the, the harvests that are out there right now. And because of it, we had Hurricane Michael a couple of years ago that knocked down most of our pine forests in the... Uh, in the panhandle, we've had severe shortages of any of these things. One of the things you didn't men what mention yet is the, the sustainability of, of hemp as opposed to timber. Absolutely. So, that's what scared the shit out of Hearst, by the way. Yeah. I, <laughs> right now, we're, we're in a position where um, we kind of need timber for the building yeah. uh, because we're not to a structural point with a lot of these materials that we're making. Um, there is a lot of innovation happening right now. Like I know Hempwood is working on a structural beam made out of their um, compressed hemp stock. But still being used as, as floorboards right now. Still using flooring, furniture, um, uh, half a dozen like duck calls and pens and like any, you know, anything that um, any woodworker wants to create. Maybe. Duck calls. Oh, yeah, they're big. on. I mean, we're, we're talking about the middle of Kentucky, so they have all sorts of <laughs> turkey calls, duck calls, like all sorts of things. That was to, kind of at the top of the list for uh, a lot of the innovation. Um, but, yeah, uh, so to get back to what you're talking about, like the, on the timber side. Yeah. When a tree grows, it is capturing carbon. If it keeps growing, it is continuing to capture and sequester carbon. When you're talking, and that can continue on for the lifetime of the tree, so that can just go for hundreds of years. When you're talking about an agricultural crop, at the end of that agricultural cycle, that's cut down. And if you let that continue down its natural path, it then biodegrades and the carbon's re-released into the environment, either into the soil or into the air. If you take that product and you trap it in hempcrete, you trap it in stone, you have taken and sequestered that carbon outside of the natural cycle and thus are sequestering carbon for 60 to 100, however long that building lasts. So I'm still worried about the, uh, the effects of deforestation, not only just in the Amazon, of course, which was, was, was a major problem, but even in, in the Pacific Northwest, where we continue to cut timber and cut timber and cut timber, and all that carbon that's been absorbed into those trees, if there wasn't the, uh, the fires we have out in the West Coast, that carbon would be lost to the ground. 
So, well, you, you have a you have a couple aspects. So you're saying if the tree fell, it would then get absorbed to the ground as it's the digested. And hopefully somebody's there to hear it, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there's also the aspect of the root systems and the soil. When you do a lot of forestation, you actually are disturbing the soil and the carbon that's trapped in there. And that is another large release of carbon into the environment. So not only are you getting potential issues with the tree itself, but also the soil and the microorganisms and, you know, the, the things that are living in that environment that are subsoil, yeah, which are very critical really to a lot of carbon capture that we currently have and also critical for the health of that piece of land. Well, we're hoping that <clears throat> moving forward, hemp in its sustainability form will be continue to be used and for infrastructure, uh, for biofuel, for fibers, for textiles, and everything else that has been used for in the past. And we can be have a better control over climate control. Yes. Because right now we're, we're being killed by, by, by these climate changes. People were, were, were threatening it for years, and now we we're actually seeing it. So a really exciting thing about this time is there is this, you see this legislation and push for like a carbon neutral building environment. It's yes. like what they're pushing. We realize, and I think we want to make sure that everybody realizes that to hit that, there are certain carbon positive materials you need in your building. So you're going to need a carbon negative balance. This is an option. This is how you get there. So we believe hemp and natural building products are really the answer to this question that everybody's asking. Uh, and of course, I've also, it's also a concern, especially on the West Coast, in regards to water, uh, water supply. Now, which takes up more water, forest or a hemp grove? I, I'm not an expert on that, so I, I can't say. I can tell you almonds take up too much damn water. I'll tell you that right now. But, oh, almonds. almonds, yeah, absolutely. We, we are, that's one of the reasons we're having all the droughts, because they're growing so many almonds. Even soy doesn't take up that much water. But uh, we, we've had a couple of, of uh, crops that we have brought to this country that were not originally uh, major crops that, that, that changed the whole ecology of things. We were actually attuned to be able to grow tobacco back in the uh, 1700s because it was a highly water-intensive crop. They, the problem is they just couldn't get the water to the tobacco. And the people who were growing tobacco before always grew it closer to a water source. And here they're trying to spread out their farms. And that, that, that was, it was, it was difficult, but hemp is good for the water, correct? It's, it's good for the environment. It's, it uses like less water. It cleans up soils. Um, it, it is an amazing plant overall. When you get into some of the details and what, what other crops have done, I'm going to be honest, it's beyond my scope and I, I don't want to speak on things I'm not intelligent about, but I can say that the hemp plant itself can clean up the environment. And that, that phytoremediation or like remediating through the natural process, the biological processes of the plant are a, a, a gift. Now, if you have a product that you want to be used in building that you know about, or you have a, a, a building that you want to see more hemp products in, where can they get a hold of you? Um, so you can get a hold of me specifically at, email me at jacob at ushba.org. You can find a lot more about us at ushba.org. That's U.S. Hemp Building Association. U.S.H.B.A. Yeah, absolutely. So it's U.S. Hemp Building Association. Um, we also have a foundation um, taking you know donations to try to push these initiatives forward. Okay, Jacob, thank you very much. It's been great having a chance to talk with you. Enjoy the rest of the convention and have a safe trip back. 
Thank you very much. All right. All right. Take care. And for the time being, we are out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.